0: society they were living in when paul is writing this it could be uh, uh, in the vicinity of 400 years before the fall of the roman empire that means when paul is writing this the empire has has been in existence for over 600 years okay and you're already seeing in romans 1 romans 1 evidences of the decay of the society and look at, uh, so in Romans 1, just look at verses 21 through 32 at the end of the, th- towards the uh, end of the, the chapter here. Look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like an corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen for this cause god gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another They're, yeah listen listen this this sodomy going on today has nothing to do with love it has nothing to do with love who you want it's lust who you want to lust after it's all it is it's all it, and it's destructive it is destroying not only them, it's destroying our society. And burned in their own lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Here's the list. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without natural understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. How many Christians have pleasure in Hollywood? Hmm I hey I yeah. You come to a bad spot when you start to have pleasure in them that, that live like this, right? But this is where the, the Roman Empire was. This is where it was when Paul wrote to the church at Rome, right? They succumbed eventually, they came to a tipping point. This was a, a leading up to where they finally ended up, and they came to a place of no return, and they were gone as a, as an empire. Let me pray with you right here, and we'll move on to point number two. Father, uh, thank you. Would you bless your word today? Would you you just teach us today by the Holy Spirit? And uh, would you uh, help us, correct us where we need it, encourage us, God? We live in an untoward generation, absolutely. And we need encouragement tonight. Thank you for the beautiful testimonies tonight. We just want to thank you tonight for all that you've done. We want to thank you tonight. that The only reason that we can approach you tonight in prayer, even like this, is because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for what you've done in our life and what you're doing in our midst. And we thank you for the, for the low times and the, and the troubled times. And uh, we thank you when we look back at those times that you were there all the time. And we thank you for your faithfulness. And so, Father, would you speak in your Word today, through through your Word tonight, and teach us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Not only did Rome succumb, but what about America? Rome made it a thousand years. Here we are sitting at what, maybe two hundred forty six, I think seventeen seventy six to today, I guess you could call us about two hundred and forty six years old. And you know what? If you look at look at everything, I think America over the last seventy years is on a trajectory towards total ruin. Yeah. So some, some of you well remember fifty and sixty years ago. It's an absolute different place. It is a different nation. It's a different country. In 1950, I was told, uh, I heard a, a preacher say this, and he was all around, and he said, he said, I'm telling you, in the 1950s, the worst thing that you could get in trouble for in school was chewing gum and running in the hallways. Right. And he wasn't this. He was being silly. That was, I mean, that's just what happened. My cousin told me, he was in school prior in the 60s and 70s, and he said, uh, at their grade school, if somebody got paddled, they did it over the loudspeaker in the principal's office. The whole school got to hear somebody get whipped. He goes, boy, you talk about fixing the whole school. This was over in Aurora Public School. And uh, he said, yeah, they got he, he paddled over the loudspeaker. <laughs> I was like, that's a great deterrent, huh? Yeah. yeah maybe, wow, wait, maybe, that, maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's a connection. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have in 2022? We have mass shootings, right? We have a drug epidemic. We have the hypersexualization of, of the children. Now we have Drag Queen Story Hour in schools. Somebody sent me uh, uh, some excerpts from a book in the schools right here in the Nixa High School Library that are outright utter pornography. They are books, they are, quote, how to books to be lesbian and homosexual with illustrations. I opened this. Post, I was saying, I'm like, oh my word, why would you send this to me? It was horrendous, you know, it was awful. But it's just what's out there today. It's in in little Missouri, Nixon, Missouri. It's filthy. We've come a long ways. In 1950, in our homes, the divorces were about 2.5 divorces per per thousand. In 1994, they reached 4.1 per 1,000. In 2010, they dropped to about 3.1, but you know why that is? Because now the millennials aren't getting married. They're just shacking up. They don't think a thing about it. Yep, yep. America has gone from prohibition to the legalization of pot. And I'm going to tell you tonight, this is recorded, I guess. I don't care. You know what's coming next? The legalization of crack, legalization of cocaine, the legalization of heroin. It has to come. If they've legalized this drug, the rest have to come. And and you, I hope it's not in our lifetime, but you know what momentum's doing now? It's like the snowball. It's just going to come. I said the same thing when the legalized homosexuality. I said the name, uh, homosexual marriage. Remember, I said it. I said it. The next that's coming is pedophilia and polygamy and everything because it has to. If you allow these, the rest have to come, and they're coming. You you wait, you'll see they'll come. Our society is 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 in a place of absolute rot. We have gone from being from entertainment on, on a radio before my time on, on the radio to satellite TV and hundreds of channels. And, and even I, I found a, 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 a deal here. 1950 Nielsen reports Americans were already watching four and a half hours of TV a day in the 1950s. That's how quick it came over. By night, by 2010, it was uh, in 2010, the report was eight hours, 55 minutes a day. Eight hours, 55 minutes today. Uh, I was just telling somebody last night, Lester Roloff said the day that America lost its chance for revival was the day that television was invented. He preached it all, all the time. Absolutely did. And you know what? Is, I, I, I was telling Sherry last night, that, but w- what's funny is, is not funny. It's ironic. Uh, okay, we've never had a TV in the home. Big deal. But we have the Internet. You know what is the most insidious about the Internet? It, it masquerades as a tool. It's like a work tool. It started out with a computer and internet and work tool, and before you know it, it has absolutely taken over your life. Oh, this is where we are in society. Yeah. What about church going? 1960, 63% of the population of the United States went, went to church. By 2012, 25% went. Yeah. And let, let, me, let me say this. What's the point of being a, a, a member of a body? And not participating. Could you imagine if your foot or your liver. If your heart said nah, I'm out. <laughs> no I'm not talking about providential things. When we're sick and things come up. I, I'm not talking about that. But there, there are those that listen. They, they just. It's like there's no appetite whatsoever. Oh, the, I had a friend of mine out in Oklahoma. He says, you know what we're battling against? A pastor, he says, you know what they're teaching in all these churches? It's called connecting. And as long as you come one service, as long as you tune in on one service online, you have connected, and that's, that's great. We're connecting. Wow. It's like, man, I'm just, I, I live under a rock sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying, it's not hard to see the United States is at a tipping point. Maybe we're past it, I think. Rome was there, right? Obviously, they fell. Could you please tell me in this list here at the end of Romans 1 that Paul wrote, what characteristic there doesn't fit the United States? You know what else gets to tipping points? Churches. Yeah, they do. Churches, yeah, churches go bad, don't they? Churches veer away from truth. They vary, vary away from the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They, they do. They walk away from that. just, okay, let's just look at our own, you know, judgment must begin at the house Just look at our, look at our own, uh, uh, say, quote, group. I hate the word movement. We're not a movement. But look at this, look at the group of people that identify as fundamental or independent Baptists. Look at the group of them. Doctrine, Calvinism is sneaking into Baptist churches, fundamental independent Baptist churches all over the United States. Calvinism. You say, no, it's not. Yes, I talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Some of them like to be, uh, you know, real coy that they're not, but oh, talks like a duck and walks like a duck and. Like a duck. Wait, quacks like a duck. That's what it is. Yeah. Doctrine. Doctrine's changing. Separation is changing. I'm telling you, we're, we're the more, most carnal uh, group of believers that has been probably. Mm-hmm. In a, in a long, long time. Yeah. Churches get off balance, don't they? <clears throat> they, go, they? They get away from truth. I could go on and go on to seed on that for a while, but I'm not going to. I want to move along. But churches even hit tipping points. They go bad. Why? Because members go bad. Why do members go bad? Sometimes they go bad because pastors go bad. One of the easiest, watch, one of the easiest things to do in a family as a parent and as a pastor is to let just let them have their way. You know what, as parents, you know what's the easiest thing to do is say yes. Because that's just, that's the lazy, easy thing to do. Can I go? Sure. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Can I? Yeah. You know what's hard to do? Uh, no, you're not doing that. But yeah, no, that's a really dumb idea. <laughs> but everybody else is—I know—but you're not everybody. You—you you know how it goes, right? Every <laughs> we all—you've all been there. You've all done that. You've all stood your ground at times and said, "No, you're not going." I'm sorry, you're not—you're not doing it, right? And, but it's—it's e- it's easy to say yes, yeah. And sometimes when the pastor just becomes a PR guy and doesn't want to rock the boat and wants to keep the job and keep the income and whatever else, and, you know, uh, the, the church ceases to be fed. And when they eventually become off balance, they just kind of drift off. Yeah. That tra- if that trajectory continues, they come to a tipping point. And eventually it's irreversible. So what's the tipping point for the child of God? What is a church? A church is a, a body, right? A, of a, a member, appendages. We're appendages of a body and Jesus is the head. So what's the tipping point for us? We saw it in nations. We see it in churches. We see it in uh, individuals. What's an individual tipping point? See, in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, Paul is writing to this Roman church and he's he's looking forward to being there. He wants to preach the gospel to them at Rome. He knows them because their faith has been spoken of throughout the world. He says he's been praying for them. And look at verses 9 and 11. He, his central desire is to see them established in the faith faith look at verse 9 for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you and he will it'll be a rough journey but he's going to make it for I long to see you here it is that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established So he wants to get to Rome, he wants to, uh, he's writing this letter here, and he wants to see them established, established in the faith. And here's the danger, here's the danger that he's going to go into, is that God's wrath is revealed against those who who reject God. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. We know this verse 16 of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, that they are without excuse. And so Paul wants to preach the gospel to them at Rome. We've just finished the book of Romans. We know, understand what he was saying there. The gospel is not just the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's, That's chapters 1 through 11, chapters 12 through 16 is the living of the gospel. That is the other side of the coin of the gospel. And it's Paul's desire to see these people at Rome come to a place to be established in the faith because because, uh, to not come to that place is a dangerous spot. Right? The wrath of God is real. For for us as believers, we don't don't fall under the wrath of God, but we fall under the the chastisement of, and the correction of God. So, so here's part one of verses 1 through 18. Paul wants to, to see them established in the faith. Part two of chapter one, verses 22 and 23, we already read this. Paul described what the byproduct of the rejection of God looks like out in the world. He's, he's listing what is actually going on in the Roman world. The rejection of God. They replace God with animals. My daughter called the other day, and she says, uh, "So you're going to bring your dog into into Lowe's? There's all these dogs at Lowe's. You're bringing your dogs into Lowe's?" I said, "I will not." <laughs> this have you noticed all the animals in stores now? I said, "If I bring a support animal, it's going to be a llama or a chicken," and. <sighs> But I am not bringing a dog in. Uh, No, we and and I love animals. I do. I love dogs, not cats. But I love dogs. I should. All right. I love about any other animal except for a cat. But yeah, I said dog. I meant dogs. I'm sorry. And I I do. But man, we're getting weird with them. Yeah, I know. I I carry on dialogues with my dog like he's real. I get that. You know. That's that's another issue. But. but uh, it's getting strange. This is what was happening. This is what happens. Have you seen, I, I was somewhere in an airport or somewhere, there was a commercial on, or maybe it was a restaurant, a commercial on for these, uh, uh, give money to these animal rescue shelters, and it's got this horrible, sad music going in the background. The animals are like, oh, and they're like, you could rescue a dog. <laughs> and it's like, I'm thinking, we're butchering babies. Right. And they're like, you can rescue, I mean, have you ever, you, a dog is like the only animal happy in any condition. I mean, it could be half starved, the tail's wagging, you know, it's like, it, it's like, I'm sure they're not that upset about it. We're just in a weird spot. They have replaced God with animals. Uh, we see here this list, homosexuality, men and men and women, and then these list of actions in verse 29 through 32. This is where they were. This is where Rome was. This is where the culture that the church at Rome was living in. Hey, 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 if the pop culture of Rome was there, there was danger that the church would get there as well. That's always the danger of the world seeping into the church. Amen. So how do you keep from getting there? Right. What is a church? It's a it's a it's a body. Right. It's, it's a, a body of of members of appendages. So if a church goes wrong, that means individuals are going wrong, getting away, right? So how do you keep from this? How do you keep from the tipping point? Notice verse 21. It's, I like this. It's about right in the middle of the chapter. It's building up to this. It's like there's the tipping point. When you get past verses 21 and about 23, it just makes this precipitous dive down into the, just a cesspool. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Look at this. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They glorified, they glorified him not as God. That was the first problem that started. This was the first problem. That was going on in this society. Did you see... Did you remember reading verses 19 through 21? They knew he was God. Right? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. What is that? Their conscience. We have creation. We have a conscience. We know there's a God. God. We absolutely do. For the invisible things of Him, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. Uh, what is it? Psalm Psalm uh, uh, Psalm Nineteen. The, the the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth His handiwork. No, we know there's a God from creation and from conscience. God, Paul says they knew there was a God, but they chose not to glorify Him as God. They didn't want to. They didn't want to. They didn't want Him to be God. They were their own God. Whatever they wanted to be God besides Him, that was fine. They just didn't want God to be God. Have you ever noticed that about the cults? They pretty much copy everything that God has for them. They just don't want Him. They want all of the fringe benefits, right, of the relationship. They just don't want God. And so they recreate something without Him, right? And they even add all the right words, too, and gets people deceived. But they really didn't want Him. But notice this, they glorified Him not as God, number two, and they weren't thankful, now hold on, unthankfulness doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal sometimes. It just kind of seems like, well, boy, aren't you rude? Aren't, aren't, aren't they kind of ungrateful? But hold on, you don't think of something as un, unthankfulness being a tipping point that thrusts a, a, a nation or a church or an individual to the bottom of some cesspool. This is what he listed in verse 21. They, they did not glorify God as God. And it says neither were thankful. What happens when you get to the place of ingratitude? You're getting closer to a place of no return. Why weren't they thankful? Well, they didn't have anybody to thank. They rejected God, who is, who is the source of it all, right? Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and sent down from the Father of lights, where there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We know that God gives good gifts, right? And no sorrow with them. Yeah. So to come to a place of, of living in ingratitude and unthankfulness, it's, 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 it's in, in one way in a rejection of the giver of everything. Notice the first outcome of the unthankful person vain in their imagination. The word vain, we know that means empty. The word imagination there means deliberating about what is true. Their thoughts became empty regarding God. Their thoughts became, their um, deliberating about what is true became empty and vain. Yeah. You see, uh, over in Psalm 1, it says the godly man, the godly man says, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The meditations of the, of the godly man are on the word of God. Right. There, there's no empty deliberating about what's true or not. Right. We see a lot of empty deliberations of truth in our society today. Yeah. Redefining of what true is. So watch when our thoughts become unhinged, our thoughts of God become unhinged from truth, destruction's near. This is the other side, the unthankful person, the guy, the, the individual, the, the, the man, the lady who, who, who re- refuses to glorify God as God. What does glorify mean? To put on display His attributes. Yeah. That's how we glorify God. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God, right? We're told to glorify God. When, when, we, when we get to the place that we are not glorifying God as God, when we get to the place of unthankfulness, Vanity of our in of our imaginations comes in, then look, it says here the foolish heart was darkened. Wrong thoughts of God lead to a darkened heart. You know what that word darkened means? Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. They don't have listen, their understanding is uh the, the, uh, their understanding their heart was darkened their understanding uh, was uh, was um, they didn't have right in, they, they couldn't understand the things of God there we go let me get that out let me give you an example 1 Corinthians 2.14 the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God neither can he know them for why they are spiritually discerned the things of God can only be known by the spirit they're spiritually discerned not fleshly discerned neither can he know them he says their foolishness unto him. But let me, tell, let me warn you of this also. In, in chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul says, you're carnal, told the Corinthian church, and I couldn't, I couldn't tell you more because you couldn't receive it. Yeah. Why? Because watch, carnality, the, the byproduct of carnality in a believer is no different than the byproduct of an unbeliever. They can't understand, they can't take in the things of the Spirit of God. For, for the natural man, they can't take him because he doesn't have the indwelling spirit of God. For the saved man, he can't take them in because his carnality has quenched the working of the spirit of God. And you have Christians walking around totally ignorant of the things of God. Yeah. Sometimes you think, I mean, it comes across your mind, are you saved? <laughs> I mean, there is like a surface understanding of the scripture about, uh, about a half inch deep. There's no appetite for the things of God. It's like either you are a natural man or you're a carnal man. Either way, you are in a really bad place. This is what happens. This is a Watch, this is a byproduct. This is a byproduct of unthankfulness because you've rejected the one who gives you everything. And when you get to that point of rejection, your, your thoughts get wrong. And when your thoughts get wrong, your understanding gets wrong. What am I saying? Unthankfulness is really a huge thing. Listen, this is like a 20-ton box of rocks dropping on you. This is heavy. This is heavy. Thankfulness. I don't endorse Francis Schaeffer. He had a good quote. The beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful." heart. The beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. Romans uh Revelation 7:12 saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. See, what was included in all of those wonderful things, thanksgiving. Yeah. Why? I I'm, I'm I'm telling you Friend, this gets really trite sometimes and gets almost cliched, but without him we're nothing. Right. Yeah. Daniel said it best to Nebuchadnezzar, the God in whose hand thy breath is and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Daniel was telling the king Nebuchadnezzar, buddy, you are nothing without God and he can snuff you out in an instant. He can do the same to all of us. First last, Thessalonians 5, 8, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm just trying to find the will of God for my life. We'll start just by being thankful. Yeah, It's a dangerous place to come to a place of ingratitude. May God help us. May God help us to never get to that place. You know, you know what it helps to do? Is just spend time uh, spend times throughout your day praising him. God, I want to thank you for my salvation. God, I want to thank you that we have a place to live. Father, I just want to praise you today. I want to praise you today. I've got a vehicle to drive. I've got a job. I got to praise you. I had a choice of food and I wasn't digging in some some gutter in India looking for a meal this morning. I want to th- I'm, I'm friend, you could spend all day. And you know what you'll find? That God inhabits the praise of his children. Boy, you want to want to talk about God sitting on your lap. He'll be right there. Yeah. Thankfulness. He gets close to that. Mm. May God help us tonight to be thankful people. Thankful. See, the world is thankful for some things. Oh, sure, they can, they can be very polite and they can be very thankful. But for the child of God, the, we, we realize our thankfulness and our gratitude is because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it all goes to him. May God help us to be thankful people. Lord, Father, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we have Your Word written here in front of us. Many of us have multiple copies in our in our house and our vehicles, and some leave them here because they have more at home, and we just have Your Word all over the place, and we don't even realize how great that really is. And sometimes we forget about those that went to their death because of this book. Those that were put in prisons and the only piece of scripture they could have is what they memorized and how precious it was to them. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that we have it. Thank you that you preserve it. Uh, Thank you that we can be certain. Uh, And thank you that, Lord, we know that when it's read and when it's preached, the witness of the Holy Spirit witnesses to us and to our spirit that we're hearing the very word of God and we know it. We thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for a place to meet. We thank you for a country, even with all of its problems and all of its, the, the place that it's going, we still thank you that we're Americans. and We thank you for that. We pray for our country tonight. It's such a mess. The only help it has is Jesus. pray you put that upon our heart to do what we can do there. Father, as we gather around with family and things tomorrow, we thank you for that as well. Lord, you're so good to us. You're so good. Words escape. Any language on the planet, we could add them all up and there wouldn't be enough words to express gratitude correctly. And so we thank you tonight. Father, we pray you'd be glorified in our day tomorrow and our life and Father, we lift up those that are traveling and ask you for their safety. We lift up those that are just sick tonight and not well and unable to be here. We thank you for those that are recovering and yet still not able to be here. Would you continue to heal their bodies and bring them back to us? Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, We stand tonight, uh, just a short time of invitation. It'd be a good time to get alone with the Lord tonight and just thank him. Just thank Him for what He's done in your life. You know, there's not always a need to come to an altar for something wrong. Sometimes you can get down where you're at or come to an altar just to thank God and praise Him for a little while for what He's done. Good time to do that as well. Yeah. Maybe the Holy Spirit of God is pointing out something in your life, a little just a little something here he's saying, you know that you've been you've been been some ingratitude right here. You've been acting kind of unthankful right here. Maybe something you need to confess to the Lord and get right. However he's speaking to you tonight, just just obey him. Amen. All right. <clears throat> pray everybody has a good day tomorrow. I'm going to try to get up in the morning and see uh, Russell Klein. He's still still in the hospital. They're still removing lots of fluid off of his legs. And uh, is that still on?